0: The man and I was sitting at the middle of this intersection in the middle of nowhere and then all of a sudden the, the sky started to glow red and it was really a strange thing I had never seen it I've been to Moab a number of times and it started to glow red and it got brighter and brighter and you know I had no idea you know I started thinking well did somebody drop a bomb on Moab?
1: This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Episode 32, Reed Delman, Endurance Biking and Running. Hello and welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. This is your host, Kurt Linville. We have an amazing guest with us today. Reed Delman has been doing endurance sports now for 19 years. He is the owner of Gemini Adventures, and Gemini Adventures hosts the Desert Rats Foot Race and bike race, which goes from Fruta, Colorado, to Moab, Utah, each year. Reed is here to tell us about that. Reed also was a part of the Eco Challenge, and he's active in mixed martial arts. Reed,
0: welcome to the program. Hi, Kurt. Thanks for having me.
1: You bet. So, Reed, take a few minutes to tell our listeners more about yourself and your connection to Gemini Adventures and these amazing endurance sports. All right,
0: great. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, My background, actually, before the 19 years... Uh, Was in wrestling and I wrestled all through high school and college and what I really enjoyed about the wrestling was what what we called the grind and that's the hard work and putting your putting your face in there and and just working hard pushing it to the limits and uh, and then when that was over, you know, after I graduated I wrestled for a little bit after college and when that was over I needed something to fill that gap and uh, and I turned to rock climbing and I really enjoyed the rock climbing. But I wasn't that excited about getting on what, what's called the sharp end of the rope. And the sharp end is, is where, you know, if you, fall, if you fall, you could die. You get hurt badly. Mm. And that, wasn't ju- that just wasn't as exciting to me as the other parts of climbing. You know, the, the working hard and, and getting out in the mountains. So I went a little bit into the, into the mountain climbing rather than the, the rock climbing. And, uh, and one day I remember sitting at a, uh, at a coffee shop and thumbing through a magazine and coming across an article about about this crazy thing called the eco challenge and what the eco challenge is it it was a 10-day race it's no longer in existence but it was a 10-day race uh that put you out into the mountains with all kinds of horseback riding and whitewater rafting and canyoneering uh mountain climbing all kinds of different crazy things and um and went for 10 days nonstop so the time was running constantly and if you wanted to sleep that was you you were losing time on the race uh so i figured this is for me wow and and i put together a team they were teams of five and i put together a team and we went to british columbia uh for this race and um and it was just amazing being out there in the mountains and and you know, again, working hard, carrying your pack and, and trying to race these other racers, pushing your, your physical and mental limits all in this beautiful setting. It, it, it just it was such an amazing thing and, and brought me into the endurance world. Uh, and, you know, and, and that was that was my first taste of, of endurance sports. And we we failed miserably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we we made it seven days, but it was just such an amazing experience that I I knew that that's what I wanted to do,
1: and so that kind of kicked off your love for these endurance sports. And I assume Gemini Adventures.
0: Uh yeah, Gemini Adventures didn't come around for a few more years. You know, I was starting to get into uh, the endurance sports and and you know really enjoying it. And then uh, when we had <laughs> we had twin daughters, and that's where the name comes from, the Gemini. That's the Gemini and Gemini.
1: Ah, there you go. Yeah,
0: and um, and I was teaching at the time, and either my wife or I had to quit our job to to uh, stay home with the kids. So, so I raised my hand. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Right, got to quit my job and try to start up a uh, business out of our home.
1: Well, you know what, twin daughters—that's an endurance sport of its own. That's
0: right. That's right. I had two going at the same time.
1: <laughs> that's great. <laughs> That's fun. So that's when you started Gemini Adventures. Then. Right.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: So Gemini Adventures is located in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, tell us a little bit more about, about the business.
0: So really what our, what our goal is, is to bring people out into the outdoors and to test themselves physically. One of the things that I saw, as, you know, that was really my goal with this whole thing. And I saw that there's a lot of people out there who like to do it themselves. You know, they, they like to test themselves mentally and physically. Not everybody has the confidence to do it themselves or people want to test themselves against other people. You know, there's just so many levels to to endurance racing. And I want to be able to allow uh, a variety of people to go out and experience that. Our, our motto is um, there's an athlete in all of us. And, and I just I love that because it doesn't matter if your your goal is to finish a five mile We have a five mile trail run or to go out and run 100 miles or 150 miles um, or mountain bike 150 miles. You know, whatever your goals are, you go out there and and you push it to the best of your ability.
1: Very fun. And so you help people to sort out ways to do that and you stage events where they can do it in in a safer, more controlled environment.
0: Exactly. We have have aid stations out there. Uh, We have medical crew on hand. All kinds of things that, you know, if they get lost, we're out there searching for them. I I always remember uh, I saw a a talk with um, Royal Robbins, famous climber, and uh, he was talking about how he was getting into kayaking at the time. And, uh, you know, he finished up his talk with with said, you know, I I love kayaking. I always love climbing. And when the best that I can do is climb out of bed, I'm going to do it with all the gumption I could muster. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's good.
0: <laughs> and and I always think of that with, with our racers and our clients, uh, that, you know, they're all doing the best that they can. And that's what I want to bring out. I want to bring out the best in these people and in a beautiful setting.
1: Well, let's talk about some of the uh, events that you've personally participated in. Um, I understand that you've done the Leadville 100 both. The bike and the running versions. Yep. yep. Um you've done the Hard Rock One Hundred.
0: Uh well I have attempted the Hard
1: Rock One Hundred. <laughs> you participated. It, right, right. <laughs> well tell us tell us more about these
0: things. Uh well yeah, the the Hard Rock One Hundred is a pretty amazing event. Puts you into the mountains. They they both put you into the mountains, but the Hard Rock puts you out there like like nothing else I've ever done. And they have aid stations. There there's a small pass that's maybe Thirty feet by thirty feet, and they have they have an aid station up there and uh it takes you up over a fourteen thousand foot peak and thirteen thirteeners and you know it's just a crazy mountain event mm. and um so I made it out there and and not long before that, I was actually diagnosed uh with asthma, so I was uh, you know taking asthma medication and one of the hardest um situations i've ever run into happened in the hard Rock one hundred. Uh, I was 38 hours into the event. There's a 48-hour cutoff. And I was 30-some I was hours into the event. And above Treeline, and a storm came in. Uh-oh. And lightning all around us and just pouring rain. And we were still about two miles out from, uh, from an aid station. So the, the typical thing when you're out there doing these, these endurance events, as long as you keep moving, you could stay pretty warm. And, and so when you start to get cold, you just have to pick up the pace a bit. Uh, but what ended up happening was I started shivering and I had my first ever asthma attack. And so I couldn't breathe. So I couldn't pick up my pace and I was freezing cold and I walked about one mile an hour. It took us about two hours to get to the next aid station, which was two, two miles away. Wow. And, uh, just shivering and wheezing for 2 hours to get to the next aid station and i got to the aid station and they got me some warm you know some warm broth and and i sat down for a little while and i said well what if i want to drop out now i said well if you're in bad enough shape, we'll bring in a helicopter. Other than that, you have to go to the next aid station. <laughs> <laughs> can't back out now. Right, right. I was, I was in it. So, yeah, so I went on to the next aid station. But, but that's really what these events are about for me, testing my physical and mental limits.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that is no small feat, no small test. I can relate. I was on Red Mountain um, in that general area uh, during a fall, icy rainstorm and it's it's just bone chilling up i was around thirteen thousand feet and wow i can't imagine having run for 30 some odd hours having all the resources of the body depleted and then getting hit with that yeah and it's it's a
0: long way down to treeline
1: that's rough wow quite an advance so what about the leadville races
0: uh the leadville races you know I, I'm slow. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm self-admittedly slow. Um, I'm not quite back of the pack, but I'm, I'm trying to stay ahead of the cutoffs. And Leadville is known for their tight cutoffs. The way I got into Leadville, actually into the running in general, is I volunteered to work an aid station for one of the running races. And yeah, I wanted to do the mountain bike race. And I was working an aid station at mile 76. And I saw people coming through that aid station middle of the night. And looking at these people, and they're dead tired, and they've been going for hours, and I remember thinking, "There's nothing special about these people," <laughs> you know, "they're not amazing athletes." Uh, you know, I could do this, and then after three attempts and three fails, I realized, "Well, there's something special about these people." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think
1: anyone that attempts a race like that is pretty special in my book.
0: Yeah, well, so I, and I eventually got to finish. You know, I've had some finishes since then, but uh, it's there's definitely something different about the people that do these events.
1: Well, congratulations! That's Thank that's you. really cool. Thank you. So, why would you encourage people to take up some of these uh, endurance sports? I mean, these are not just endurance sports; these are way endurance sports.
0: <laughs> well, and and every again, everybody doesn't need to do the the way endurance sports, as you put it. Um, you know, but people, I think need to test their limits. Everybody sits in front of the computer or they sit in front of video games or, or you know, it, it's all about screens these days or, or even going to the gym and getting on the treadmill. Like, you don't learn anything about yourself doing those things. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I, do the mixed martial arts and, and I get in a cage and I stand in front of somebody, you know, and fight them. I learn something about myself. And I go into, uh, into an event and I'm out there for 41 hours. I, I ended up spending 41 hours on the, uh, the hard rock course. I learned something about myself. I'm not racing other people. I'm trying to stay ahead of the cutoffs and I'm learning about myself. And that's what I think people could get out of this type of event is to learn about themselves. How far can they push it? How far can they physically push it? And how far can they mentally push it?
1: Hey all you mountain biking enthusiasts out there. Come be a part of the 2015 Cycle Fest Colorado on May 16th. The Cycle Fest is a day of festivities supporting the Colorado High School Cycling League. All of the proceeds go to support cross country mountain biking in Colorado and Wyoming. Special guest Sonia Looney will be there leading an afternoon ride for students and also speaking as a special guest at dinner that night. The dinner is at the American Mountaineering Center in Golden, Colorado, once again, May 16th. You can buy tickets at www.coloradomtb.org. That is Colorado, M in mountain, T is in trail, B is in bike.org. Come be a part of the fun. Underwater Fantasies is your full-service scuba, snorkel, and travel center. We are a paddy five-star facility with an on-site indoor heated pool. We teach scuba classes several times a month from beginner to professional level certifications. Once you're certified, join us on one of our group trips or let us help you plan your own tropical getaway. Call us at 303-988-6725 or find us online at www.uwfantasies.com. That's U-W-P-H-A-N-T-A-S-E-A-S dot com. Over the years, people that haven't tried a lot of these things and we're doing much smaller things, a backpacking trip, a bike ride, you know, maybe climbing a 14000 foot peak. Um, But it's fascinating to find how these these younger people um, discover so much about themselves. It's a it's a whole lot of that. Who am I question that they're trying to answer?
0: It's life changing, even for
1: adults. Absolutely. And I've had kids that weren't even on an extreme adventure, but just trying to spend a week in the woods. right? And uh, that's overwhelming as a, as a first-time experience. So I guess the point I'm getting at here is we we don't know what our limits are until we test them. Right. And as we test them, we learn so much about ourselves and our limits change. We find out, wow, I can do that. Right. I wonder what else I can do. Right. Yep.
0: And, and it's exciting for me to see that in other people and myself.
1: Absolutely. I used to teach Uh, teenagers how to rappel just sport rappelling on a static line and we had about a hundred foot rappel we like to do and these kids would have such a hard time stepping off the cliff you know it's, it's just not a natural thing to step off of a 100-foot drop. But when they got to the bottom of that rope, and I was usually the belayer, wow, they were so elated, so excited, and they knew something about themselves I didn't know before. And then it was hugs and jumping up and down and sometimes tears. It's just like, wow, all we did is just go down a rope. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, a, it's a lot bigger thing if it's the first time
0: you've done it. Yep, yep. Like you said— that's constantly changing. You know, you find what your limit is, and then you push it a little past that next time.
1: Yes, yes. And so that's what Gemini Adventures is all about. Exactly. Very cool. Well, tell us a story of a really amazing experience that you had. you think the, the listeners will key in on?
0: Sure. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've done a number of, you know, I do, I do mountain biking. I do running, you know, whatever sounds like fun at the time. And, and at one point, I tried to do uh, the Kokopelli Trail. Which is a 150-mile mountain bike trail that goes from Fruta, Colorado, to Moab, Utah. And I wanted to do it on a bike in a day. And it's, it's pretty technical. It's it's a huge undertaking. And uh, and I got out there, just plugging away at it, hours and hours on my bike. You know, and it, it was technical riding, so it wasn't it wasn't boring, but it was very difficult. And and I was about 75 miles in, and I got a huge headwind. Oh and and you know if <laughs> for anyone who rides bikes out there you know how depleting that could be and this headwind lasted for hours and and i remember going about 3 miles an hour downhill pedaling hard and and trying to stay on my schedule and it, it just wasn't happening you know and and after hours riding into this headwind i decided i had to call it you know i could keep going but it just wasn't going to happen and, and my, my wife was going to meet me in Moab. So I looked at the map and found found an exit point, a, a way to get down to the highway, uh, which, which was still in the middle of nowhere. So I had to tell my wife where I was going to meet her at, at these intersections of these two roads in the middle of the desert. I, I found a high point and got some cell service and, and called her and told her to meet me uh, at this intersection. And she looked at her map, figured out where I was. Uh, by the time I got to this intersection, she still wasn't there. It, it was still hours later, and uh, it was dark. And, and I was sitting at the middle of this intersection in the middle of nowhere. And every once in a while, a car would go by, and they'd see this person on a bike sitting out there. And a couple times, the stopped and said, you know, are you okay? Said, well, just waiting for a ride out here. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, the, the sky started to glow red. and it was was really a strange thing i had never seen it i've been to moab a number of times and it started to glow red and it got brighter and brighter and you know i had no idea you know i started thinking well did somebody drop a bomb on moab or you know what cities around here could could have been bombed or you know kind of waiting for the blast to follow the light um i had never seen it like that it was it was almost as bright as day bright red and um and then it just faded and, and went away. Wow. And I, my wife came and got me, and I loaded up into her car. And as we as we drove away, we were listening to the radio. And on the radio, they were talking about the northern lights in Moab, that they were seen as far south as Moab, Utah. Wow. Just experienced the northern lights in Moab, Utah.
1: <laughs> that's That's kind of a rare thing, too.
0: Oh, it was amazing!
1: Yeah, that's quite a solar storm. It,
0: you put all those pieces together. What a day! Right, wow. exactly. And and at that point, I, I was hooked. You know, I knew I knew this was for me. I had I had pushed myself hard. I had seen beautiful trails, uh, and then at the end of the day, I saw the northern lights.
1: Nice. You know, I've done a hundred miles on a road bike, but I can't imagine a hundred miles on you know tough terrain on a mountain bike. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, it, it was it was long.
1: <laughs> no doubt. Very long. Well, hey, tell us a story about a time that things did not go right. And I like to mention the reason we love to do this, besides it being a great story, is that people learn from this, ways that they can be safer, things that they could do to get out of a bind. You can possibly even save a life with this story. So what do you have for us?
0: Sure. Uh, well, so I was in, uh, in Ecuador a number of years ago. And... Um, and we, we got onto a, a small guided trip. There's actually uh, somebody uh, in the jungle there that was trying to break into the world of, of putting on tours and had never done it before. So, uh, so, so that meant that we could afford it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they brought us into the, into the forest, into the rainforest, and we built a balsa raft. out uh, the cut down the trees right there and built a raft and, and went down the river, spent two days going down the river. And um, and we were looking for a, um, a missionary camp where we would exit the river. And as we got there, we got there, we were a little bit behind schedule and we got there at night. So here we are, the water is rushing past us and all we see are a couple of little lights and we have to jump out of the raft into the water in the middle of the night and pull everything we have over to shore. And, and we jumped out, we, we did exactly that pulled everything we could off of the raft before it pulled away from us and was, was washed downriver. And that was one of the most scary moments that I've had as an adventure.
1: Wow. So the uh, new guide company, how'd they do after that?
0: Uh, never heard from them again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, that's a crazy thing about rafts is that you can kind of push them off of things and bounce them around, but it's really hard to guide them right in where you want them to be.
0: Right. Right, right.
1: So you're jumping in a river in the dark with all your gear, trying to get across to uh, presumably safety.
0: Right, yep. Oh, yeah, it was very dark, no moon. Um, and like I said, just, you know, we could see a couple lights in the forest from, I, I guess they had generators, and uh, and that was all that we could see. So that's how we knew where we were going.
1: Wow, so how many people were in the group? Yeah, me and my brother and two guides. That was
0: it. Wow. Well,
1: that's, that's a fascinating story, too. Um, how about a funny story for us?
0: All right, sure. Um, this isn't one story in particular, but it, it's always fun because when you do these things through the night, uh, what tends to happen is you could start hallucinating, and and it's always fun to share those those hallucinations. <laughs> OK, yeah, it, it's not like like people imagine it. You know, you're not standing there talking to someone who's not there, but you see things. And then when you when you look over there, it's obviously not that thing. And you don't know what could have made you think that it that it was. Right. So right. I out in the mountains and and um, seen billboards as I'm walking past. <laughs> I turn to look at the billboard and there's nothing there. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I saw a giant ice scraper at one time on the ground,
1: a giant, how giant,
0: uh, about three feet long. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the ice scrapers that you get to the ice off of your windows, you know, your car windows. I had one experience where uh, I missed a cutoff at the Leadville 100 and, uh, and they told me I was done. I wanted to go on, but they said, no, you're done. You can't go on after this point. And it was 27 hours into the event. Wow. And I got into the car. To go back to the finish line, and as I was sitting there, everything started spinning, and I felt like I felt like the car was rolling over, and I felt like the whole world was spinning. Held onto the car, you know, onto the door handle, and then I passed out.
1: Wow, vertigo!
0: I was right, yep, and I was just out. I woke up a sometime later and and looked around, and and then the same thing happened, and um, again passed out. And I got to the, I got back after that. And I thought, what a strange thing it is that I would have gone on. You know, my, my mind and my body would have let me go on at that point. But once I was done, my body and my mind said, okay, we are done. We're shutting everything down now. Yeah. And, and it's just crazy how how the you could push yourself. And then, then once it's done, it's done. You know, that sleep deprivation does crazy things to the mind. I remember one other time that... Uh, I was with a pacer. Sometimes you're allowed pacers through the night uh, at these hundred milers. You know, I had been hallucinating and I had seen some things. And and we were talking about how I needed protein. I hadn't had any protein for a while. And one of the things that I do for protein is I drink insure or I drink Boost. You know, those protein drinks. And we were talking about how that's what I needed. And we were doing the math uh, uh, about how far it is to the next aid station and what I could get at the next aid station. And as we were look, talking about it, I looked down and, you know, and I see a, a bottle of boost right in front of my feet. And I stopped because I thought it had to be a hallucination. And I nudged it with my foot and my pacer who was behind me said, I, I said, what are you doing? I said, do you see this bottle of boost in front of us? And he looked down and in front of us, it was an unopened bottle of boost. <laughs> That somebody must have dropped somewhere along the way. So
1: it was not a hallucination.
0: It was not a hallucination. (laughs) And it helped. (laughs) It helped. I got some protein in me and kept moving.
1: Wow. You know, I got to tell a story that's similar. And I got to preface it by saying if you hear this story, don't think it's a good idea. This is a really bad idea, okay? Right. (laughs) But I had been at a weekend camp when I was in college. And there was very little sleeping going on, just a whole lot of action and fun and kids carrying on as as they do. So I probably went, oh, I don't know, several nights in a row with four hours of sleep or, or less. Right. And then I had to make a 750-mile drive. Wow. The problem was that a torque converter in my transmission was going out. And so here I am, oh, about 300 miles into a 700-mile drive, and... I'm going slower and slower and slower and slower, just trying to limp to the end of my my drive there. And so this 750-mile uh, drive, which, which could have been a 12-hour drive, turned into uh, like 26 hours. Wow. And so I finally pulled over to a rest area. I said, I just got to get a little sleep. It's not safe. So I slept for about an hour and a half or so. And when I woke up... I knew I was awake. I was looking around, but I didn't know where I was, and I didn't know why I was, <laughs> and it was one of these sleep deprivation issues. Right. So I started the car and pulled back onto the interstate, but I don't know if the listeners may remember the crash-up derby cars back in the the 80s. Sure. Where they had a they had a big center wheel, and you would rev up the wheel by pulling a cord through it and then crash them in together, and pieces would fly everywhere.
0: Right, right. Well,
1: I thought I was driving one of those. Oh, And I was convinced, you know, that I was driving one of those cars and that it was rocking back and forth and wobbling like they did down the highway. And uh, it took me quite a while for that that hallucination to stop and to realize, whoa, I am in my car driving down the highway. So I, I tell the listeners, don't ever do this. Don't drive when you're that tired. It's just really, really foolhardy. But I get what you're talking about with the hallucinations. I've totally experienced that. Yep. Wild. Tell us about upcoming projects that Gemini Adventures has.
0: Sure, yeah. One of the things that, uh, that we, again, we love to uh, put people out in the wilderness and support them and really help them push their limits. Uh, just in a couple weeks here, we have our Desert Rats mountain bike race, Desert Rats classic mountain bike race. And uh, that's 100 100K. And it's it's on these same trails that that I did that bike ride on, and, and it's just a beautiful race. Takes you by the Colorado River, takes you into the desert uh, between Fruta, Colorado, and Moab, Utah, and uh, we put people out there for a hundred k and give them support.
1: Very cool. So, give us the date again, and how people can find out more information about it.
0: Uh, that's May 9th. and all the information is on our website at GeminiAdventures dot com. Again, that's Gemini, like like twins, right? Right. GeminiAdventures.com.
1: So what kind of experience and equipment do people need to try this?
0: Well, that one's a little bit more advanced. They, they should have some experience. Uh, well, they definitely have to have some experience on, on mountain bike. There's also the 50K ride. So if people want to just come out and experience the, uh, the trails out there, uh, they can do the 50K ride. And we're out there supporting you. And, and you know, the trails are well marked. Uh, we mark all the trails with flagging. And if you do get lost, we're out there looking for you. And if you do get hurt, we're out there helping you. So uh, we, we give you a lot of support out there.
1: Describe the trail to us a little bit in more detail. So a lot of it is pretty desert, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely desert. Uh, a lot of it is, is double track. Uh, some of it is single track trail. Um, but it's rocky. There are some some sandy sections but you have huge cliffs that you look over the edge, and you, know, you don't ride that close to the edge of, of any of them, but uh, you could see out for miles and miles, and you the beautiful buttes in the desert, it's, it's really amazing scenery.
1: Mm. It sounds like especially that 50K would be a great opportunity for people that say, man, I wonder what it would be like, and could I really get into these sorts of sports? It would be a great way for them to taste it without having to commit to a, a huge adventure. Or a exactly. huge endurance.
0: Right, right, exactly. And and the great thing is, you know, most people are not out there racing anyway. So this 50K is is not timed. We have a cutoff uh, at the end of the day with 10 hours, which is plenty of time. Never had anybody even close to that. Um, and and they can just get out there and have fun. If, if you get to the first aid station and you decide this is not for me and you want to go back, you could ride back and then it's then it's a lot shorter. It's a shorter day. It sounds like a
1: a really safe way to sample it then. It really is. It really is.
0: That's very cool. That's one of our events that uh, uh, is the best for sampling. We have some others that, uh, you know, you have to dive into a little bit more.
1: Okay, tell us more about Desert Rats, the foot race, 150 miles in six days. Right,
0: right. Yep, that one, um, we prefer that you have experience. We have had people come out uh, who have never even done a marathon, and they do it. Uh, having trail experience is, is helpful. Having experience, knowing how to manage, uh, the heat, you know, manage your food intake. Uh, those kinds of things are very helpful. Uh, again, we're out there to support you. So what it is, it's a six day race from Fruita, Colorado to Moab, Utah. And, um, and it's a fully supported event. So all you have to do is you get up in the morning and you run. You run the different stages. The stages range anywhere from 9 miles to 46 miles. And, um, and most people, the 46-mile, most people don't run. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll hike it. They'll fast hike it. They'll run some of the downhills. Uh, they just they want to get through it. It's 20 right. hours cut off for that. 20 hours. Yep, yep. Um, but again, you know, you have the heat. The heat is a factor. It's on the fourth day of the event. So that's a factor. Uh, there's a lot of things to take into consideration, but we're up all night. Uh, we bring everybody in, we give everybody a hero's welcome as they come in. And it's, it's just so much fun. But even more than that challenge is that, that you meet people and, and such amazing people go out there to do these kind of events. And if you do say a marathon, you go out, you run the marathon, you go home. This one, at the end of the day, everybody's hanging out in camp. Uh, food is prepared for you. We have, we have an incredible backcountry chef who makes amazing meals for the runners, and, uh, and they sit around and enjoy and talk, and at the end of the night, they go to bed in a tent, wake up in the morning, and have a nice breakfast, and go out for their run for the day. Do that for six days.
1: You know, the camaraderie, when everyone's experiencing the same thing, and it's a common interest... And then you get to sit around the camp in the evenings. That's just got to be really special.
0: Oh, it's it's amazing. They're they're friends for life. Yeah, you know, we connect with everybody on Facebook, so we see how they keep in touch. And when when the people have problems in their lives or things go well for them in their lives, all the other people from Desert Rats are chiming in. And those are the people uh, that are really supportive. It, it's just amazing. This episode of the
1: Adventure Sports Podcast is brought to you by 180TAC.com. 180 TAC manufactures premier backpacking and emergency products. Whether you need a backpacking stove for your week-long trek on the trail or an emergency stove for your bug-out bag, we have the tools you need. Visit www.180TAC.com. Hey, give us the dates for these events again. Give us a quick rundown.
0: Okay, uh, the Desert Rats is uh, June 14th to the 20th. Uh, that, that's the running race. And uh, June 14th, uh, that's the Sunday, and that's, you know, you come in, and you have, we have a pre-race meeting. We have check-in. You have certain amount of gear that you have to have. Uh, and we, we prepare you for the week. We don't just send you out on the trails. We tell you exactly what to expect. We give you maps. Uh, we, we tell you where the aid stations are going to be, and, and get you ready for the week. And then that Monday, you start you start your day. Uh, that's uh, So that's June 14th to the 20th. And then the mountain bike race is uh, May 9th. We always have it on, on Mother's Day weekend.
1: May 9th. Right. Okay, I'm just taking some notes here. And uh, how can people learn more about this online?
0: Again, Gemini Adventures. Uh, you can get all the information on Gemini Adventures. That has all the information for all of our events. Uh, we're also uh, moving into backcountry tours. So if these big group events don't, don't appeal to you, we have backcountry tours now, mountain biking and running. And they're multi-day. They're all multi-day. And you can get, you know, just a taste of it also with our tours. So if you want to get it, five people together and come out and experience those trails, the desert trails, uh, with support at the end of the day, you could do that also. We just had our first ever all-women's running tour. Which, uh, which the women loved.
1: Nice. So how good of condition do you need to be in before you sign up for one of these tours?
0: You don't have to be an amazing athlete. Um, one of the things that we do is after you sign up, get everybody together who has signed up and we send them emails and we give them a survey and ask them what they're looking for, how many miles they would like in a day. And we cater it to the group. Uh, this last group was between 15 and 20 miles a day, broken up into two sections throughout the day.
1: Okay, and so if you're not at a full run, 15, 20 miles a day, that's like just a, a decent backpacking trip.
0: Exactly, with, without the backpack.
1: <laughs> nice. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, hey, do you have any discounts or special promotions for our listeners?
0: Uh, yeah. Um, so for this year, for 2015, we'd like to uh, give a 30% discount to both the mountain bike race and the Desert Rats running race, the stage race.
1: So how do listeners get the 30%?
0: Could go to uh, register, and we will have a discount code for them. They enter Adventure Sports Podcast as their discount code, and they'll get thirty percent off.
1: Very cool. Thank you for that, listeners. Listen, <laughs> there's an opportunity. Thirty percent off is is a very generous deal. So we appreciate that very much.
0: Well, and and this podcast is is linked pretty closely with with our events because I drive from Boulder, Colorado, to Moab, Utah, pretty often for these events. And I love listening to your podcast as I'm making that drive. So so there's a good connection there.
1: Well, thank you for that. How does these sports, endurance biking, endurance running, or even your mixed martial arts, how do these sorts of
0: sports benefit society or, or individuals? It gets people off the couch. It gives them a goal to work for. So they're not going through their daily lives, you know, just day after day, they have a goal and they have something to, that, that they're willing to put the time and effort into. And once you have that, then, then the actual event is much easier than the training. You know, that first mile of, of any run is the hardest part. You know, once you start that training and you get off the couch and it's part of your life, you're a different person. You're a much happier person.
1: Mm. How would you recommend people get started? Let's say that they've been a couch potato and they're ready for a change. Um, it's tough. So do you have any recommendations for them? Just
0: get out and walk. Do it every day. For about uh, 25 years now, I get up and I run one mile every day. That's what I do. Uh, and then I stretch for about a half hour, 45 minutes after that. But I do it every day. First thing I do in the morning is put on my running shorts. And whatever comes after that, it, it's going, that run is going to happen because I, I've prepared myself for it. And now, you know, some people need their morning coffee. I need my morning run. So it's just, nice. and, and start small, and, and the rest is easier.
1: So be consistent, make a habit out of it. You'll start looking forward to it, is what I'm hearing.
0: Exactly. And and there's days that you don't look forward to it. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, I've been doing this for 25 years, and there's plenty of days I don't look forward to it, but I still do it. Yeah,
1: well, if you missed a day, how does that impact you?
0: <laughs> so a couple years ago, I set it as a goal to not do my morning run as often. Uh, I wanted to alleviate some of that stress of having to do it. Um, so I, I still have some stress that that comes along with not doing it at this point. Um, but if if I don't do it, my body is tight. I, I just can't get going with my day. And once that's done, it, it's all it's all easy.
1: What do they say? You don't know what you've got until it's gone, right? <laughs> so, yes. Just getting up and doing that mile every day has been improving your whole day, your life experience. Exactly. Nice. Well, those are good words, I think, listeners out there. Hey, if, uh, if you would like to be a little bit more active, start small, but try to be consistent, right? Make it a habit, and you'll be amazed at the benefits. Well, Reed, thank you very much for your time today. Those are some fantastic stories. We really enjoy getting a, a peek into the the sports these ultra distance runs and and mountain bike rides fascinating sports out there i think uh, a lot of people might think that they're beyond their reach but what i'm hearing you say is that it probably isn't it's just a matter of getting started and seeing where it leads
0: you exactly
1: well hey thanks again for your time and listeners until the next show get out there and have some fun